Thank you, Lord. Today I want to talk about how to tap into the anointing. How to tap into the anointing. In fact, I mean, this subject is so diverse that, uh, I mean, there's so many points we could bring up. I only have time to bring you two, two points this morning. But these may be two points that maybe you have never considered. Maybe you've never considered them. But I want to share them with you. The Lord put them upon my heart. The anointing, in a nutshell, if I just give it a, a definition, is the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is what you're sensing in this place if you're in tune with him. Yeah, I mean, come on, if someone doesn't want to be here, they're not going to tune into the frequency of the Holy Ghost. Come on. How many of you know there's radio and television waves going all through this building right now? But they're no good unless you have a receiver to pick the waves up. Same with the Holy Spirit. Is your spirit sensitive enough to tune in to the Holy Ghost, to the anointing of the Holy Spirit? See, there are times when the Holy Spirit will give an instruction to a local church as a whole or to individuals personally to check the spiritual temperature among his people. Now, I'm I'm giving you some wisdom here. He will give a local church as a whole uh, an instruction or you as an individual instruction just to check your spiritual temperature. And this call to prayer for these two weeks is one of those times. Now, of course, that's not the only reason for the time of prayer. There's more being accomplished than that. But it indeed shows the spiritual temperature of Revival Christian Center. I'm telling you, if you're able just to show up for 15 minutes, for 15 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, just just show the Holy Ghost that you, you take it seriously and you make an effort just to show up. He'll meet you in those five minutes. He'll meet you in those ten minutes. He, he'll take advantage of whatever you're willing to give him. But some haven't even walked through the door for the prayer nights. But for those of you who are able, I'm telling you, there's, there's powerful, and, and there's seven more nights of it. Now, the first key that you need to know on how to tap into the anointing is unity. There must be unity among God's people. Now, some people say about this prayer time, they say, well, I'll just stay at home and pray. Now, I know some situations where people just weren't able to make it, and praise God, yeah, I would rather you pray during the 7 o'clock hour if you're not able to be here, but if you're able to be here, uh, you know what I'm saying, be here. But some say, I'll just stay home and pray just out of laziness. Well, that's not a valid excuse to the Holy Ghost. Amen? It's just not a valid excuse to the Holy Ghost. And I want to show you a few examples from the Word of God on how that it's important and scriptural to gather in one place in unity for one purpose and how it will release the power of God in our midst. I'm serious. This is serious stuff here. Go to uh, Psalm 133. Psalm 133.1, I want to start off there. It's important. I mean, come on, folks. It's not like I call us to prayer every month. Amen? Amen. It's not like I'm asking every month, 
Whoa, we're, we're back to prayer. It's not like I'm crying wolf. Amen? I'm not crying wolf. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost has ordained these two weeks. So jump in for the last week for crying out loud. Psalm 133.1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head. This is symbolic of the anointing of the Holy Spirit now. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, say there, there. the Lord commanded the blessing, life evermore. There, what's there? Unity among brethren. Unity. That's where God commands his blessing. And I'll tell you this right now. The only thing that the Holy Spirit, the only thing that the anointing has any allegiance or any obligation to, any commitment to, is the word of God. Put that in your memory bank. Stick it away. The Holy Ghost will remind you if he needs to. Amen? The only thing the Holy Spirit is obligated to perform, the only thing the Holy Spirit is obligated to perform, the only thing he's obligated to confirm is the word of God. And God says right here, when there's unity among his people, there's, there he commands the blessing. And we're sensing it in the place this morning. There's a unity. There's a unity. There's a wave of his glory, a wave of his presence. So the Holy Ghost is not obligated to, to uh, uh, or has any obligation to your feelings. He doesn't have any obligation to your opinion. He doesn't have any obligation to anything else except for the written word of God. Amen. Psalm 133 says, for there, in unity, the Lord commands the blessing. And then it says, life evermore, the abundant life. Or the unhindered flow of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now let me give you some other wisdom too. True spiritual unity among brethren has to be based on the word of God. If someone comes to me with unscriptural beliefs, there's really no true spiritual unity there. I mean, you can sugarcoat it all you want. Oh, yeah, let's just, come on, just come in our little circle. Come on, unity will love. There's really no unity there. If someone comes to me with unscriptural beliefs, there's no spiritual unity there. Amen? Uh, you know, let me, let me give you an example here. Uh, say, say if a, a Catholic comes to me for prayer, and they say, hey, can you agree with me for this thing that I, I desire? And I say, sure. So I'm praying, I'm praying scriptures, and at the same time, they're praying to a dead saint. They're praying to Mary. There's no unity there. Come on, there's no unity there. Let's not sugarcoat this. Even Acts 4 says that being released from, from the Pharisees, from being persecuted, they went to their own company. Amen? Now, I'm not promoting hate or nothing like that among Catholics. I'm trying to give you a clue. Their true spiritual unity is based on the word of God. How do you know if you're in unity with someone? Do they believe the word? 
are they adding to the work? Amen? Just a little wisdom for you. Now, Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they agree? That point of agreement based on the word of God. Now, go to Matthew 18. Hallelujah. We sugarcoat that too much. Amen. Hallelujah. No sugarcoating here at RCC. Hallelujah. Most of you, I think, appreciate that. Amen. <laughs> Most of you. Most of you. Hallelujah. You know my heart. My heart is to see Jesus exalted. My heart is to see the power of God flow. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Listen to this. Jesus said this. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Remember, everything is in the context of the word of God here. Anything that's external from the word, forget it. Ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Verse 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Jesus said, if you're gathered together in Mary's name, in Pastor James's name, in my name, in Jesus' name. And Jesus is referred to in John 1, 1, the word. It all stems from the word. Unity has to stem, has to come out of, come from the word of God. Amen? Now, the first example, I want to give you some examples here of gathering together. The first example of gathering together uh, is, is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Go to Acts 2. Go to Acts 2. I want to show you that, hey, you know, okay, you know, it's time to go to prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me, the devil will give you many ex excuses not to come to prayer night, all right? He will. He'll accommodate you. Amen. But I want to show you the importance of when we gather together in one purpose, in one accord, with one mind. Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it, fill, rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them uh, divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to, began to speak with other tongues as a spirit gave them utterance. Now, <clears throat> I want you to notice here that uh, there's absolutely no indication, none from these four verses, that the Holy Ghost made a pit stop to someone's house before he hit the upper room with his power. There were no rain checks. Are you hearing me? Jesus didn't excuse someone and say, all right, just go pray at home. You don't have to gather with the others. Come on. No, he didn't make a pit stop. Jesus said, go. Until the Holy Spirit comes. Amen. It's true anyways. Hallelujah. Jesus told 500 to go to Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit, and only 120 showed up for the prayer meeting. 
Pastor James told 70 that there's two weeks of prayer and seven show up. You know, 500, 120, 77, probably about the same percentage. No, it's a little bit less at RCC. The Word of God says that the Christians were with one accord in one place. Now, why would Jesus tell them to gather in one place? Come on, it's a rebuke, but you know I'm doing it out of love. Amen? Come on, I'm not being a jerk about it. It's true. I want to see you guys prosper. I want to see you guys be a part of this move. Amen? So smile at me. Amen. Now, why would Jesus want them to gather in one place? Why would he tell them to? I'll tell you why right now. Because when Christians gather together in one place, one purpose, with their hearts knit together supernaturally by the power of God, the conditions are right for the Holy Ghost to show up on the scene. That's why. That's why. And I'll tell you right now, individuals who have showed up to prayer, there is, there's, uh, uh, for me personally, there's, there's a knitting together with their hearts. I'm telling you, there, uh, you won't understand what I'm saying unless you show up. All right? It's, uh, but there's a knitting together of the hearts of the people that actually take the time. Make the commitment to show up because the Holy Ghost shows up. Amen? It's called fellowship. The Greek word for fellowship is called koinonia. It's a supernatural connecting by the Holy Ghost among believers. It's a unity. Now, on a Sunday morning service like today, you, know, you might have people that show up that really don't want to be there. And they can't wait to leave. Can I see your hand? No, just joking. I won't be offended. I know, I know, I know, I know. My sermons go right to the heart of the matter. I know. But on Sunday morning service, we have people who don't want to show up. You know, they don't want to be there. They, maybe mom and dad forced them or, you know, they, they just do it to punch the Sunday time clock. But listen, a prayer service, you make the choice to show up, even if it's not convenient. Because you're hungry, you're thirsty for a move of God, you desire to seek his face. My God, on Wednesday night I thought, all right, we're going to have a great service for prayer. Oh, I get up and I announce it, and people walk right out the stinking door. Someone, and I quote someone who talked to me, they, they said, I turned around and looked back and my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> My God, help us. On the most convenient night, the most convenient night, Jesus, where are the people that want you? Where are they? If you don't put any value on, on a prayer meeting or what the Holy Spirit's speaking through your pastor, you won't waste your time to come. Amen? It's the truth. Let, let me share a deep spiritual truth here. Um, how do I say this? Prayer meetings weed out a lot of people. It reveals the true condition of their heart. Especially when the meetings are on non-church nights or non-church times. Did I just say that? <laughs> yep, I did. <laughs> 
Amen. Now, the next example of meeting corporately for one purpose is when the disciples gathered for prayer for boldness, miracles, signs, and wonders. Go to Acts 4. If you listen to the radio broadcast, I mentioned this scripture on there today. Hallelujah. Acts 4, 23 through 21. Well, let me just, I'm not going to read it all. I'll save a little time there. But uh, this is that thing I was talking about when, when the disciples were being beaten and, and um, the Pharisees, the people who were beating them, the religious people, <laughs> let them go, said, don't speak in the name of Jesus anymore. Now go. Don't speak in the name of Jesus. So what did they do? The Bible says they all went to their own company. And they had a nice prayer meeting together. Verse 31. Verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place where they assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. You see, the Holy Ghost showed up again. Because they gathered together for one purpose in one place in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, let me, let me say this too. Um, hmm. The people who showed up to that prayer meeting and showed up in that specific one place, they were hungry enough and they cared to show up for prayer. Now, l- let me say this also. When you come to a prayer meeting, you got, here's a little wisdom for prayer meeting. When you show up, you need to discern the mood of that prayer meeting. You need to discern the flow of the meeting. Go with the flow of the gathering. Uh, the Holy Ghost gave me this thing. Don't be a bull in the china shop. Amen? Don't be a bull. Because I'll tell you right now, some of these nights of prayer, there's times when we're just, uh, we can't even speak the presence of God. And we just, we lay on the floor and we're just soaking in the presence of the Lord. Amen? You need to discern the mood, the flow of the Holy Spirit. You need to jump in the flow, the flow of the service. Anyways, so that's just something to consider when you show up. Again, the Holy Spirit didn't make any pit stops at houses on the way to that place. He shook that place, the Bible says. Amen? Because there was a unity of purpose and a hunger for the power of God. Now, the next example of meeting corporately for one purpose is when Peter was put in prison. Go to Acts chapter 12. Do you still love me? Oh, praise God. Don't leave, as Rodney Howard Brown says. Don't leave. I'll change. We'll get you some popcorn. <laughs> Uh, it's not about that, amen? Hallelujah. It's about hearing the word of God. And sometimes the word of God that comes is not always going to tickle your stomach, amen? Now listen, might make it turn it a few turns, but... Uh, <laughs> hey, Acts 12, 5 through 8, listen to this. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains behind... Uh, Bound with two chains between two soldiers. And the guards before the door were, keep, uh, were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. 
And he struck Peter on the side. The angel, angel come up to Peter and struck him on the side, say, hey, wake up. And, and raised him up, saying, arise quickly, and his, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself and tie, tie on your sandals. And so he did. And, and he said to him, put on your garments and follow me. Now, uh, look at verse 12. So when he had considered this, Peter comes out of the prison, he runs out, he goes into the street, he's thinking he's dreaming, the Bible says, that he's seen a vision. And then when he got out in the street, the Bible says he came to himself and realized an angel had come, that God has sent an angel to deliver him out of prison. Now look at verse 12. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together for prayer. A prayer meeting. Go figure. Amen. There was unity. They're all praying together. One place, one purpose. And God showed up and delivered Peter. Now, the next example of unity of purpose is Paul and Silas in prison. Acts 16. Acts 16, 25. Now, granted, uh, Paul and Silas didn't voluntarily go into prison, okay? <laughs> but they were there, and then they teamed up together to praise God. And what happened? But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately, all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Unity in praising God. Unity in purpose. Do you feel like your life's in a midnight hour? Maybe you need to connect with someone and praise God together, so your chains will fall off. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Um, <clears throat> now, so God desires unity among his people, moving forward with one heart, one mind, one purpose to exalt Jesus and to set the captives free. Now, let me share something with you here. There are too many Christians getting wounded on the battlefield by friendly fire. Do you know what friendly fire is? Friendly fire is when someone on the same team turns at you and shoots you. Someone who's on the same team. Oh boy, there's a lot of that going on. And how tragic it is when the army of God is marching forward toward the battle. And in the battle. And in that process, some stab their comrades right in the back. Some stab their leaders right in the back by gossiping, backbiting, and not supporting their teammates because of maybe jealousy. Friendly fire is running wild. Boy, I'll tell you, Satan must really get a kick out of that. Satan and evil spirits must really get a kick out of that. When, they, when your own teammates make you get your focus off of what the real battle is, and where it should really be aimed at. Amen? It needs to be stopped. The Word of God says that judgment must begin in the house of God. In other words, judgment is going to begin in Christians' lives. Those involved in this need to repent and judge themselves before God's judgment comes upon them. Amen. Now, the next key, I'm done with that key. Unity, coming together, Gathering together, one purpose, key number one. Key number two, and my last key, is that the next key that you need to know on how to tap into the anointing is respecting and honoring the call and anointing on a leader's life. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, you're just preaching that because you're the pastor. 
No, this is from the Holy Ghost. This is from the Holy Ghost. Now listen. When a person truly respects and honors the call of God and the anointing that's on a leader's life, they will draw from that anointing and benefit from it. Write this down if you're taking notes. The anointing that you respect is the anointing that you will tap into in your life. Now, there are many examples in the Bible, but I only want to give you a few as we get ready to close this morning. That's a pastor's line to give people hope that it's not going to be too much longer. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, Go to Mark 5. Mark 5, 25 through 29. The first example of someone respecting and honoring the anointing is the woman with the issue of blood. Oh, my. How could you talk about tapping into the anointing without bringing up the woman who had the issue of blood? 25 through 29 of Mark chapter 5. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. This woman was sick. She had an infirmity. Something was up. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, you might want to underline that. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. When she heard of Jesus, immediately she put value on, she respected, and she honored the anointing that was upon Jesus Christ. This woman pushed her way through the crowd to get to Jesus. And she tapped into the flow of the anointing and received her blessing. Now, I think that's significant. Well, you say, yeah, but that's Jesus. Well, you got to remember, that same anointing that's on Jesus, he's the one that's anointing the leaders in the body of Christ. He's the one that anoints the body of Christ. Amen? Now, the Pharisees didn't partake of any benefit of his anointing. Because they didn't respect him. In fact, they hated him. And they stopped the flow of the anointing because of their attitude toward him. Now, go to uh, Mark chapter 6, 1 through 6. Oh, my, my, my. One key to tap into the anointing. And those listening on, on the radio, on the internet around the world, one key to tapping into the anointing is respecting, honoring, and valuing your leaders. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark 6, 1 through 6 says this. Then he, Jesus, went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, what, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this that, which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not, here we go now, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are not, uh, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. You may want to underline that. 
Oh, that's a great way to damn up the anointing. Offense. Verse 4, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. The anointing that was upon Jesus, the Son of God, was hindered from flowing because of dishonor and unbelief of the anointing that was on him. Listen, faith, respect, and honor are triplets. Oh my. Holy Ghost is speaking this morning through me. Come on. Faith, respect, and honor are triplets. If you're living, truly living a life of faith, respect, and honor for the anointing and for the leadership will follow. And if you have those triplets, you're going to tap into the anointing. Now, personally, I can tell you this. The ones that value, respect, and honor the anointing on my life and ministry are the ones that put a demand upon it and they pull the anointing out of me in a greater dimension. That's, that's just a personal observa observation from me. Those who truly uh, respect and honor the call on my life, they, they, they pull it out of me. But you can tell the ones who don't really respect and honor because it's almost like a wall. There's, there, there's, there's, a, there's a dam. It, it, it just doesn't flow as freely. But get me around people who honor and respect and value Woo! Man, it's a river. Whoa! Praise God. Amen? Now, so those things are triplets, the faith, honor, respect. However, unbelief and dishonor are twins. Where you find unbelief, you'll find dishonor for leadership. Where you find dishonor, you'll find unbelief. And they both will hinder the flow of the anointing. Now, Listen, <laughs> you might want to put your shoes back on. Going to step on some toes probably. Woo. Oh, Pastor James, you're missing it. You should be doing this. Oh, you're missing it. Pastor's missing it. My pastor's missing it. He should be doing this. Man, he's way out. He's missing it. Oh, well, bless God. It sounds like you have it all figured out. Why don't you go start your own church then? Amen? Bless God. I wish I had it all together like them. Amen? <laughs> go start your own church. Let me say this. Pastors... The, the leadership of the local church that God places over, pastors see and know things that the members of the church don't. I, I don't know how else to put it. And if members knew that, they would keep their mouth shut about certain things. And that's as, as um, nice as I can put it. I'm serious. It, it's just funny when some people come to me and say something, and oh, you should be doing this and that, and I'm thinking in my head, Lord, if they even knew why I'm not doing this. <laughs> Boy, if they only knew, if we do this, we're totally out of the will of God, and we're going to let the devil walk right into RCC. 
I'm serious. The Holy Spirit gives insight to a pastor that members aren't privy to a lot of times. Doesn't make me any more special. It's just the way it is. God is a God of order. Amen? If he wants you to know, he'll tell you. Amen? Know what you should do. And if you really feel that pastor's missing it, what you need to do is just take it to prayer. Not so division in the church. Amen? No. If you truly feel that you're right on, don't you have enough faith that God's going to speak to the leader of the church? Amen? Or are you just trying to push your own agenda in the church and not the Holy Ghost agenda? I'm serious. Now that's why anyone in this church, and I say this lovingly, anyone who's in this church that doesn't respect me as the leader and that cannot receive from me, those who gripe, complain, gossip like little high schoolers, I give you the invitation and a one-way ticket out the door. Amen. I'm serious. Anyone. Uh, you know, I'm to that place where I don't care if this church empties out. My call's going to go on. The call of God, so I, it's going to go on. It don't matter. Amen. Don't matter if it's here, Big Rapids. Don't matter if it's in Kansas in the cornfield. I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach the gospel. Amen. I'm not, I'm not going to be manipulated. I'm not going to be manipulated. Amen. I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. So, but those kind of individuals, you can't help. You can't reason with those kind of people. That's why it's a one-way ticket. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Amen. Hallelujah. But listen, but, if, but here's some other options. Those individuals either need to meet with me personally, who has something against me. They need to meet with me personally and, and get your attitude right in this place and partake of the anointing. Or get connected to another church where you can receive from. I don't understand it. Some people would rather stay in church. I'm not necessarily talking about here. But some people would rather stay in churches and gripe, moan, and complain. Go somewhere where you can get fed. Amen. You're only doing yourself a disservice. Amen. Go, go somewhere where you, you respect that leadership then. I won't be offended. Amen. But please, make one of those <laughs> two changes and quit hindering yourself and quit hindering others from receiving everything God has in this place. Amen. It's a bigger issue than just that individual because your unbelief and dishonor could hinder someone else from receiving a healing, could hinder someone else from receiving a miracle. Now, I'm sure in Jesus, in Mark chapter 6 here, I'm sure that there were more sick and diseased people in, in, in his home country, in Nazareth, when he went. But it said he, could only, he couldn't do no mighty work. He could only heal, heal a few sick people. A few. How many of you know? I'm sure there was more. But because of the unbelief, because of the dishonoring of the anointing, he could only touch a few. And the rest suffered. The rest suffered. Oh, hallelujah. I'm having fun today, are you? The last example I want to share with you is Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about, just to refresh your memory here if you've been sleeping, uh, I'm talking about one way to tap into the anointing. <laughs> one way to tap into the anointing is to honor, respect, 
the leadership and the anointing, the call of God that's on the life of the, of, of the leadership, all right? But the example here is Elijah and the widow of Zarephath. Let me give you a little bit of a background here. Elijah just got done prophesying about a drought, all right? And God sends him, uh, God sends him, the drought has occurred. He prophesied, boom, it happened. And God sends him to a brook to get his provision of food and water. Out of all things, a raven. God sends a raven to bring his food. And, and the brook had a little bit of water left, and he, and he drank from there. And after the brook dried up, God gives Elijah his next instruction, where his next provision is going to be. Let me, let me say this. Uh, don't worry when your brook dries up, because that's when God will give you your next instruction, your next step. Someone needs to hear that. When your brook dries up, when you're done in a place, God, God's going to show you where to go. He's going to show you what your next step is. Someone need to hear that. So anyways, God sends Elijah to a widow woman. No, not a little woman, a widow woman. Uh, <laughs> to a, a city called Zarephath. She tells him uh, that her, son, her and her son only have enough food for one more meal before they die. And so this woman, this widow woman, tells Elijah, she, she gives him the sob story. God says, go to this widow. She has your next provision. <laughs> oh, my. Yes, yes, yes. God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Amen. He sends Elijah to a poor widow woman. Oh, my. <laughs> Shut up, Elizabeth. Uh. <laughs> Anyways, sends her there. Who would have thought that God would use a poor widow woman? So this woman tells Elijah that, man, this sob story, I'm poor. My son and I, we're, we're just got enough for one more meal. We're going to have a dinner and we're going to die. Elijah says, make me a cake first and give me some water before you take yours. Oh, my. I'll, I'll tell you right now, people. CNN and Fox News would eat that one up, wouldn't they? Oh, I can hear it now. Greedy minister, ask poor widow for food and water before they die. <laughs> Woo! Come on. I mean, in the natural, doesn't it seem cruel? Doesn't it seem weird? Doesn't it seem stupid? Elijah, what are you doing? <laughs> the woman just told you she only has for one more, and you're saying give you the first thing and, and then let them die or something? Boy, greedy ministers, I'll tell you, boy. But listen to me. She honored, she respected the man of God. She honored and respected the anointing on Elijah's life. She walked in obedience to the instructions of the Lord that came through the voice of the prophet. God still speaks through his prophets, you know. Amen. Hint, hint. Call to prayer. Amen. And she, listen, she was rewarded. She tapped into the anointing. Look at 1 Kings 17. Come on. Listen. 1 Kings 17, 14 through 16. Says this, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she, the widow woman, went away and did according to the word of Elijah. 
And she and he and her household ate for many days. Listen now, come on, verse 16. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Amen. Something that this woman, uh, totally in the natural, seemed foolish. She, it, it seemed stupid. God, I need it. She obeyed the voice of the Lord through the prophet, and they, there was no lack in their life. None. In fact, it goes on to say there, the, her son became sick. Now, this is after. This was after she fed the prophet. Her son became sick and actually died. She probably thought, oh, God, I just obeyed you. Thanks. Now my son died. No, but Elijah brought the dead boy back to life. See, you obey God. You respect the anointing. You respect the call of God, and you're obedient, and you tap into that anointing. When you need provision, when you need something, the Holy Ghost is going to show up on the scene. Your provision is going to show up on the scene. Amen? Hallelujah. God is still speaking instructions through the voice of his prophets. The key, as I said before, you need to hear his voice within the voice. You need to hear the voice of God through the voice of his spokesman. Amen? But to do that, to tap into the blessing, to tap into the anointing, you need to respect, you need to honor those leaders that God brings you in your life. So the two keys I shared with you today on how to tap into the anointing are these. Unity, gathering together in one place, one purpose. Number two, respecting, honoring the anointing, the call upon the leaders that God puts in your life. Amen? Take advantage of everything that God, of, the, of the, the people that God has put in your life. Draw upon it. Feed upon it. But you've got to respect it. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Maybe those were... I kind of think that the second point some of you didn't never really considered because it looked like a bunch of deer in headlights looking at me. <laughs> that was a joke. You can laugh. Oh, I know you're mad at me. I'll hug you after the altar call, okay? Now... Father, you showed up today. You're in this place. You're pricking hearts. You're pulling deers out of the headlights. <laughs> Praise you. Thank you for what you've done. Hallelujah. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you listen to it, and you're saying, look, I'm, I'm not even in the family of God. I've never made Jesus it's Lord of my life. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave this earth without making him the Lord and Savior of your life. You need to come to him. Don't leave earth without him. Only thing you're going to find on the other side without Christ as your Lord and Savior is hell. 
and on Judgment Day thrown into the lake of fire for eternity. Friend, you don't want that. The fire of God we talk about is the fire of the Holy Ghost. I don't want you in the lake of fire. Amen. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come. Just come forward. Come to this altar. And I want to pray with you to make him Lord of your life today. So you know that you know that if you were to drop dead today, if you were to, heaven forbid, to be in a car accident, I don't know. I don't know. I want to know that I know that I know they came up and made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life. I want you to come forward today. Maybe there's someone in here. You, you said the sinner's prayer before, but man, you, 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 you've been walking on the wide road of the world. You've been walking on the wide road that leads to hell. And you need to rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ today. If that's you, you don't know if you'd go to heaven. You don't know if you'd go to hell. Today, you need to settle that. You need to come forward. And let's pray together. And let's make it official. That you know that you know that Jesus is your Lord and you'd be going to heaven for eternity. Maybe you're a Christian. You never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You need to. God wouldn't put it in his word if he didn't want you to have it. He wouldn't put anything in his word if he didn't want you to have it. It's not smorgasbord Christianity where you just pick and choose what you want. Amen? No, no, you got to follow the word of God. you you gotta, you got to take hold of everything God has for you. Will you go to heaven without the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. You might get there a little quicker too without the baptism. Are you hearing me? You need to receive the Holy Spirit baptism to receive the fullness of power to come against the devil, to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come to this altar. Go ahead, come on down. If there's someone here, don't wait till I'm done. Maybe there's someone here who needs a physical healing. Maybe you need an emotional healing. Maybe you're here, you, you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, suicidal tendencies. Maybe you're a cutter. Maybe you cut yourself like that man in the tombs in Mark 5, the demoniac. You need some healing. You need some deliverance. If that's you, I want you to come to this altar. The presence of God is in this place. You need to come forward. Worship the Lord.
Is there anybody else? Don't leave this place without making Jesus Lord of your life. Don't leave this place without making it right with Him, with your Creator. Is there anybody else that wants to jump in the river? Where are the ones that are faithfully seeking Him? Oh, Shemot. Oh, the beauty of your majesty. All right, youth group, come on up. Line up, line up, right? Just line up here. Hallelujah. I'll back up a little bit. Save me a little space there. There you go. Scott, just in case if we need more catchers, maybe you could come up. I don't know. Father God. Oh, the glory that's in this place, the anointing that's upon me now. Lord, I pray for these youth. I pray that every dam that is in them would be pulled up, that the river of God would flow freely in them. In the name of Jesus. That fire would come upon every heart. The Lord says it shall become clearer. It shall become clearer. He says, just press into me. It shall become clearer. Just seek me. Seek me. For I am where your help comes from, saith the Lord. Lord, fresh fire. Fresh fire. Oh, that river, that that river would flow like never before. Oh, let the glory fall on you. Let the glory fall on you. She debaco coverindeshi. Corimando comamande. Corimbati. She bato bama. Say the bato coramande. Oh, remande. Oh, let the river would flow. Oh, verende. She bako ba. And it shall bring life wherever it goes. Kishi na mando rema. Say the bande. Oh, an unction from the Holy One. Plug in. Plug in, says the Lord. Plug in. Kuramande shiba kotomande de bara. Kuramande shiba de de baba mamande de. Plug into the vine. Plug into the source. Kuramande shimande de bako shiba kete. Kuramande de bate de bamande de babako komabase. Kuramande shiba de de bako shamande de bato komamba. Shabbat 
Let her behold your glory. Let her behold your glory. Oh, there's an impartation. Oh, May your ears be open to hear the voice of the Holy Ghost like never before. Oh, there it is. Oh, do what you need to do, Holy Ghost. Do what you need to do. See, our hands, when we minister in the name of Jesus, our hands as Christians are the jumper cables of heaven. They're the jumper cables of heaven. Oh, be filled. Be filled. Fan that flame. Fan that flame as you exalt the name, the name of Jesus. Oh my, the Lord, oh, the Lord says he's taking you places that you have not gone before in him. And, and you don't know, I mean, you can sense it and you like it, but you don't know what's going on. The Lord says that his presence comes upon you now in a greater way. There's going to be a greater stirring, a greater hunger. Hallelujah. Oh, healing flow. Oh, healing. Oh, heal the, yeah, Holy Ghost, heal those parts. Heal those parts. Well, I loose that healing anointing right now. Oh, that part of her that's, oh, that, oh, some shattered parts of her soul. Oh, there's a mending. Oh, there's a mending. There's a mending. Oh, the sweet embrace of the Holy Ghost is coming upon you now. Oh, there's a strength coming in you that you've never had before. Oh, there's a dream, there's a destiny rising up within you. All the dreams in your heart shall come to pass. As you follow me, as you walk after me, says the Lord. Oh, 
Oh, if you could only see what I have prepared for you, says the Lord. If you could only see. Oh, but you must walk by faith to receive. Oh, but in day she mando mama say de bashi. Oh, remande de mama do mama de babako ko mama hai. Oh, if you could only see the glorious, glorious future. Oh, bamande de bato to babati de babati de bashi. You would drop some of the things you're holding on to. Oh, chando ko ma de bato babati de Drop those things. Drop those things. Oh, seek my face. Seek my face. Oh, yep. And I lose healing right now. Healing right now. Supernatural healing flowing from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet right now. I command every organ to be healed. I command every organ to function properly in the name of Jesus. A wellspring of love, a wellspring of love. Oh, oh my, he, she, man, go, man, de. Come on, de, she, man. The Lord's been speaking to me about you, that he's been dealing with you. Oh, babande, for there's a work been going on in you. And it's by no accident that you, the Holy Ghost spoke to you and said, you want to come up here with the youth group. Oh, marindete, bando, shama. Father, I loose that anointing. I loose it. The things of darkness must come up now in Jesus' name. Now, now, now. Oh, a holy encounter. A hunger and a thirst. Kumrema, a 180. You won't understand it either. You won't understand it. You don't understand it. Well, that's the power of God. That's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And His anointing is flowing through you right now. And it's a touch from heaven. It's a piece of heaven. It's a piece of heaven. Receive it. I loose the fire of God on you right now. I loose it. I loose it. A piece of heaven. A piece of heaven. Oh, hallelujah. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Oh, marindeshi ma. Komandeshi batete. Komandeshi. We have this. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Komandeshi bando koremandeshi. Oh, what, you want more? I loose, I loose the anointing. Oh, every demonic spirit that is behind your mind, 
that has bound any part of you. I command every and any demonic spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Come out! Come out in Jesus' name. And I loose the river of God. I loose the river of God. Oh, my, my, you need to get to know your heavenly father. Oh, you need to get to know your heavenly father. It's not like your earthly father. No, 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 no. Don't even compare him to your earthly father. Don't do it. Don't do it. Get to know him. Get to know your creator and who he really is. You hear me? Reveal yourself to him, father, in Jesus' name. Oh, Baba, Bashikita, Kosha, the chains are coming off the sadness must go the oil of joy is being poured out in you now says the Lord oh the oil of joy the balm of Gilead shall flow Oh, my man, day she man, day bako, come rendeshi. When the storm is raging, oh, bashi, bati, ti, koko, mamba. Oh, come, my day she. A joy, a joy. Elizabeth, come here. Come, my day she, man, day, day. A joy, a joy of bubbling up in your spirit, man. Put your hand right there. Thank you very much. Oh, my day she, bate. A wellspring. Yep. Oh, the beauty of I command the spirit of suicide. The spirit of depression. The spirit of death that is trying to life. Go in Jesus' name. Go. my beloved he said come away with me seek me with your whole heart oh come away come away come away come away he says oh Rindy, get to know me he says get to know your father Tried to stop you, the devil's tried to kill you. Oh, my foundation. Oh, there's an impartation from the Holy Ghost right now of something that you're going to accomplish for Him. I loose that impartation right now. I loose it. I loose the dreams that the Holy Ghost is birthing in you right now. And I call them forth. I water them right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, they shall spring forth and they shall be a tree of life, says the Lord. A tree of life. Oh, mama. My light, my light shall break through. Oh, my Oh, mama. 
intimacy, 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 intimacy with the Holy One of Israel, intimacy with your beloved, with your Creator, with your Heavenly Father, intimacy. He's calling you into the throne room of heaven. Oh, yes. Worship warrior. You're a worship warrior. Oh, hey, oh my, cool, oh my, cool. You're a worship warrior. He's raising you up as a worship warrior in this army. Oh, a worship warrior. Oh, Brindy. Oh, worship warrior. Oh, Brindy. In the kingdom of darkness shall flee where you shall walk. A worship warrior on the front lines. Around my sheep, preparing the way, preparing the way, preparing the way. You're gonna have a desire from this time forth just to go away with him. He's gonna draw you deeper into his presence. Oh, you're just gonna wanna go and you're just gonna wanna worship. Oh, Komande. Oh, I loose that mantle from heaven upon her now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, glory. A worship warrior is being raised up in this place. Hiya. Oh, hey. Oh, my day. Oh, my day. This would not have happened today if it wasn't for this week of prayer that we've had. It makes me wonder how much have we passed up? How much. How much have we given up because we don't seek the face of God? That we don't press into prayer. How many people have not been born again? Their hearts weren't pricked because we weren't interceding for the lost. Oh, my. We're going higher. We're going higher. Amen? How many of you sense the presence of God in this place today? Oh, hallelujah. That's the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Tonight. Five o'clock training center students come on back. Seven o'clock prayer. Prayer until next Sunday night. Oh my. Jump in. Jump in with us. Amen. Uh, Wednesday night, seven o'clock is prayer service, or is uh, the video at seven, the Rodney Howard Brown video, and then, <clears throat> then we're going to get right into prayer. I want to close out on a song that really will prick your heart. Do you have something to say, Chris? <laughs> no. Okay. What a presence of the Lord. There are some big things going to happen in this place and in this area. Amen? Amen. Take the rebuke and love that the Holy Ghost gave today. I love you. My goodness. Let's soar on wings as these eagles together. Amen? Amen? Be blessed. Come on back. Oh, hallelujah. Stand, but I don't